I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. On this episode of TFL Talking Trucks podcast, I have something very special for you because I'm once again on location. I'm in Coolidge, Arizona at the Nikola factory. Nikola produces battery electric semi-trucks and also now fuel cell electric semi-trucks like you see behind me. And I have two very special guests on this episode. I have Christian, who's the chief engineer of this truck, and also have Mike, who can tell me more about the hydrogen fuel infrastructure, because you cannot really have a hydrogen truck without the way to fuel it. So let's hit it right off and go to Christian, learn everything possible about this truck. He's really the guy who knows all the systems. And then also talk to Mike. Can you please introduce yourself briefly? Absolutely. My name is Christian Appel and I'm the uh, head of vehicle platform at Nikola. So basically the chief engineer, is that fair to say behind your all electric semi truck? That's correct. Okay. So let's just set the stage, right? Because people may not be aware, you know, what Nikola is. Yeah. So you've been working for many, many years. Yes. And you've been with the company for how long? I've been working with Nikola since uh, 2020. Uh, I took the role as the chief engineer, uh, kicked off this program um, to this day now when we launched this product. And this is the factory. I mean, you could see how big this place is yeah. and you're producing these trucks right now. We're producing these trucks right and now. And delivering to customers. And we are delivering okay. still this quarter, the first trucks to the customers. All right, and you have two versions. That's you correct. have a BEV, so battery electric mm -hmm. truck. So it's a semi truck with battery capacity yes. and electric motor. Yep. And you have this as well, which we're standing next to, which is a hydrogen fuel cell electric truck. That is correct. Okay. Let's focus on the hydrogens. Absolutely. Because yes. it's here. It's here. It's here, right? And that's and what today is about. We yeah. launched our battery electric truck yeah. last year already. Yeah. Um, this year is about the fuel cell electric truck. 
we obviously had a lot of learnings from our battery electric truck and the development of that as well as the you know rollout to the market and all of the experience that's coming back from the customers and the feedback and all of that went into the development of the fuel cell electric truck so why why do it why use hydrogen fuel cell it, trucking is a little bit different than passenger cars um, or even you know pickup trucks because you need a lot of energy you haul a lot of heavy loads, yes. you know, 80,000 pounds federal limit, there's weight exempts that go up to 100, 110,000 pounds, um, and you go long distance. And these things are tools. Ultimately, they're tools yes. for transport, and they need to go the distance, and they need to be reliable. So where our battery electric truck is very good for certain applications, when we're talking like metro distribution, short haul applications, there are limits when it comes to the range, and there's also an impact on payload as you put more and more batteries into this truck. Mm -hmm. For the fuel cell electric truck, this truck with its range of 500 miles is able to essentially cover almost all day cap missions that you see in class 8 applications. And with the range of 400 mi 500 miles also comes less of a payload impact as compared to a battery electric truck. And also refueling. And the refueling. Timing. Time. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Very glad you brought that up because this really is the third piece of it. It's, it's the payload, it's the range, but then it's refueling time. There's many applications where you see multiple shifts, two shifts applications, and the ports are often two shifts, and you need to rely on very quick range replenishment or fueling or charging. And with this truck, as it comes out now off our production facility, this truck is capable of fueling in 20 minutes or less. Okay. It always depends on the dispenser on the other side, obviously, um, but the truck itself is capable. And think about it, that's 20 minutes, that's a typical time you have in between shifts to refuel and go another 500 miles. We frequently go 900 miles on, this, on these single trucks during a day just because we can refuel so quickly. That's incredible. So uh, I want to demystify, demystify it, look inside of it. So this is a cab over truck. That is a cab So over typically, truck. that's the style of it, right? So it's not a traditional, you know, American style where you have a yeah. big hood yeah. here in the front. Why is, was that done? Uh, yeah. So cab overs were very popular for a time in the US, but they, they pretty much went away. But they're in Europe, right? Ago. But they're all over Europe. And yeah. the reason is that Europe has very tight limitations, regulations when it comes to overall length and turning radius as well. So that's why in Europe you see essentially only these cab over flat nose trucks um, in a four by two configuration. And we had our partner Iveco that we started working with. We essentially took their platform of the S-Way which they just brought to market in Europe, and we utilized this platform to develop our zero emission trucks. And we thought that this cab over architecture is actually a great, a great approach for these zero emission trucks. Okay. And just because it went away for reasons of you know, engine noise and vibration and discomfort does not mean that these trucks are not viable in the US. And that's what we see now. People that are getting in here, there is no engine rattling or noise or anything for the driver, because all we package under the cab is the fuel cell. So all of these disadvantages that people think of when they think of cab overs, you really don't have here. Look, can we jump inside? Because I think visibility is also another point, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, and that's, and that's coming to the advantages of a cab over um, architecture. Now, one of the, you know, maybe challenges or drawbacks is the steep climb. 
but once you're up there, you sit fairly high. And if you, you know, if you want to go up there yeah, and you try. see the view, so please. Well, I have a CDL, so three points of contact. Three points right? of contact. That's okay, absolutely so, right. One, so two, three. One, two, go three. Up there. One, two, three. And it's not really a heavy effort, but once you're in there, um, you, you tell me what you think. Your well, view is awesome. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't have a big hood in front of me, exactly. right? So, so I can see my my corners. You know, I can see around. I have big mirrors. Right, so I think that's another positive. Absolutely. We have a front-facing camera as well and a rear-facing camera. So if there's any assistance that's required to check for obstacles, we have that too. But the maneuverability that you get with this truck is another advantage of this architecture and something that all of our drivers and all of our customers very much appreciate. As soon as they get into the truck and they're up there, they, they feel like a king, you know. What? It's very comfortable, very good vision and very good maneuverability. Why is that? Is that because of the wheelbase as well? Or is that how you cut the wheel? Is it's, it a combination? Yeah. We have, it's a combination, absolutely right. We have a wheelbase that's fairly common, I would say, um, for, for day cabs. Um, but with the cab over, again, first of all, you have the advantage of the visibility, but then also the way we designed our steering system um, and the cut-in is really class leading. All right. Um, I kind of want to show the screens, but I did another video, which is a separate video where I actually drove the truck around nice. your facility here and I showed the gauges. So you have digital displays. That's correct. And uh, so maybe let's leave that off for another time, but can we open this up? Absolutely. Can we transform it? Absolutely. Okay, so. I'm happy to tilt look, the cab. Look underneath, right? Yes, and look into the heart of the vehicle. So what's the process here? You're gonna just uh, get the grill open. You have a centerpiece here and the little lower piece that we're gonna take out. Well, before, before you tilt the cab further, this is a pretty giant radiator yes. to, to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, why, why, what, what, first of all, what is this radiator doing? Yes, so this radiator is for the fuel cell power module. Okay. So a fuel cell system um, is more efficient than a diesel engine. So, you know, from that point of view, less heat rejection. But the difference is that in the fuel cell system, um, there's no combustion happening, right? It's a, it's a reaction, and all of the heat rejection goes into the cooling system, or most of it, okay. as, a, as a, you know, opposed to going into the exhaust system for the diesel truck. Okay. So that means the cooling system actually has to deal with a higher heat rejection than in the diesel truck. Okay. And that's why we have pretty massive radiators um, to, to cool the system. That was one of the changes we had to do um, coming from the battery electric model to the fuel cell electric model. We elongated the chassis okay. and we did a whole new design of the grill and the bumper okay. to make space for this radiator. And we came up with this mechanism to actually have a tilting radiator that tilts together with the cab. And we have the fan behind here as well um, to, to support the cooling system. Is that fan, cannot be found in a current like a diesel power truck or is that some some other design for the fan yeah so the the fan itself it's actually an electrical fan okay. it's a high voltage fan fairly high power I high see. voltage fan so it's not the driven off truck, the engine or it's anything typically like that. driven by the yeah. by the engine so that's a very different architecture yeah it's all electrified in our model of course yeah, yeah. It, it makes and, total and, sense and the other advantage is there was really two, per, two um, reasons we did um, the new design and the elongation one I just mentioned to make space, create space for the radiator. But the other one was we could make a more aerodynamic design. Mm -hmm. And vehicle losses are important, right? Everyone tries to um, optimize 
for vehicle losses, so aerodynamics, rolling resistance. Um, so with this new design, we were able to improve fuel economy as well. All right, that, that's, that's really great. And I see like an air curtain. I see there's a passage here on the side, like, yes. uh, like an air curtain would be. Very good, very good observation. So we have many of way. these little features um, to optimize the aerodynamics of the truck. Uh -huh. So you will see some of those features. You see one on the cap here as well, At the, the top, reflector, yeah. um, and here on yeah. the side, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. pillar. Yeah. So those are all features uh, to optimize the aerodynamics of the truck. Sweet. All right, now let's, let's tilt it because we want to see underneath. Let's tilt it, absolutely. Okay. So there we have is. a feature in our HMI, um, a button that you need to press to be able to uh, tilt the cab. Okay. You obviously don't want to have someone uh, come up to the truck and being able to tilt it. Yeah. So it always needs to be um, switched en on. Enabled. enabled. The truck has to be an alive, so to speak. It has to be alive yeah. and it has to be enabled. The need, uh, the, we have the user lock in to the truck, to the HMI system, mm -hmm. and then enable the cab and tilt. Yeah. And of course, the brakes are engaged, all that stuff. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Kind of a holistic view of it, Correct. right? The parking brakes will always be engaged um, and the truck is stationary and safe. But when I was driving it, what I also liked, uh, it was easy to understand. You know, there's a climate control system, there's a map, there's a diagnostic, there's a setting. I, was, I felt at home. I've never driven it before, right? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, but but I, felt like, I felt like if you drive another modern vehicle, yes. you can understand that. Absolutely. And, that's, and that was really one of the main targets we had for our HMI system was make it intuitive. And, and I'm glad you're bringing that up because it's really about the driver, right? And this is a tool. And we need to be aware that the driver is in this truck all day long. And what we try to do is, what we always aspire to do is make this truck as comfortable as possible for the driver. So making the driving truck as easy as possible because as a driver you know and i think you're a cdl holder yeah. you, you you're very well aware of that there's so many things you need to do and you need to pay attention to so let's make it as easy as possible on the driving part yeah and if and your as day comfortable is comfortable as possible if your day is easier then you know you would want to work again Ex right next exactly. day and the next day exactly. and the next day and that becomes something actually for in 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 these you know area of driver shortage that we're experiencing this becomes important because drivers can choose for what fleet they're working for. And you know, they might choose a fleet that has our truck, our comfortable and easy to drive truck mm -hmm. over another fleet, right? And, and I think that's a big um, you know, plus as well when it comes to driver retention. All right, so, so what's underneath? So the cab is now open. The cab is open and in place of where you would see a diesel engine uh -huh. and European cab over trucks, we have the fuel cell power module. Okay. So this consists of two fuel cell systems, two okay. fuel cell stacks with a dedicated balance of plant. Um, so all of the auxiliary components that are required um, to operate the fuel cell system, such as the electric air compressor. Each of those units has an output of 100 kilowatt or 135 horsepower for a total of 200 kilowatt, 270 horsepower, and that is the net power. So that's already subtracting all of the auxiliary power that's, that's needed to, to But operate. it doesn't drive the wheels. That's well, just the fuel cell, correct? Right, so the okay. fuel cell, what it does is, it takes hydrogen on the one side and air, compressed air on the other, and then through the chemical reaction to water or water vapor, you have the electrons that then create the electrical potential and ultimately the electrical power that we then um, take off this power distribution unit here okay. um, on the side on each stack and then go through a DC-DC converter 
into the vehicle because the fuel cell has a different voltage level when it's running than the battery pack. Okay. We use a DC-DC converter to get the output of the fuel cell adjusted to the battery voltage level. And you have, is that lithium-ion batteries that are in, in, in the frame? That's correct. Okay. We have two battery packs, 82 kilowatt hours each, 164 kilowatt hours total, and that's really required to support the regenerative braking and also the more dynamic operation of the truck. So the fuel cell system, the battery packs, the electric drive axle, and all of these other auxiliary components, they essentially sit on a common high voltage system, okay. or you could say a high voltage rail. And so in any given moment in time, with a given driver request, the fuel cell could power the e-axle and charge the battery, or the battery could help and assist the fuel cell system to provide power to the drive axle. Okay. And we'll talk about drive axle in a second. Yes. But you said air compressor. Can yeah. you show me that? Is this on the other side? So there's, um, we can Is probably it? see it better from the other side. Yeah. So, so it, I was looking at this earlier yeah. and I thought it was a turbocharger. And that's essentially what it is. So you have a turbocharger. Yes, that's, that's more or less what it is, right? Okay. And um, so you have the air compressor here um, and then for the other system. So this is a very high power air compressor. Um, very high RPM to compress the air that we take in from here. From the top, so, very so top. Here, it's oh. actually this one here. Yeah, 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 on yeah. the side. This on the side. And then we go down and we have an air filter box uh -huh. that then provides the air um, through those hoses over there okay. and into the air compressor, compress the air, and then push it into the fuel cell stack. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay, so there's a lot going on here. But this is still a semi-truck, right? Still so a semi -truck. it has to have... Let's talk about a little bit about steering, suspension, and brakes, because yeah. it has to have a lot of redundant systems, right? Yeah. Yeah. It has to have the steering, it has yeah. to have the brakes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about those components. Yeah. So we, we use, um, you know, we work with very common suppliers in this field on the steering and brake system. Okay. For the brake system, we work with a set of Vapco, and we use an electronic braking system, EBS3, um, that's more common in, in Europe. Um, but has um, a little bit more features than you would see typically in the US systems. Okay. Um, and we, together with them, developed the interface for this electric powertrain, battery electric or fuel cell electric, to have the brake system actively work with the electric powertrain um, in terms of regenerative braking, yeah. torque reduction and so on. Um, for the steering system, we also work with um, a electro-hydraulic uh, system. So we have electric assist here. Um, you, uh, we're working with uh, Bosch Automotive Steering on okay. the uh, electric um, steering system. Um, but again, very common components that you would typically have in any other Class A diesel truck. Okay, um, and it's really easy to steer. I mean, it's, there yes. was no. Yes. I mean, this is a big. How much does the tractor weigh approximately uh, for the fuel cell? The fuel cell tractor approximately weighs uh, twenty six thousand two hundred pounds. Okay. So we're still a little heavy compared to a um, a, uh, a like a, a diesel a diesel day cap truck tractor. Um, but this is something we, we continue to work on, and there's a lot of optimizations that we have already identified to get that weight down. Um, so that will be one of the next steps that we will take in, try to reduce weight along obviously with cost and so on. So like I was just talking to my friend Dan who drives a diesel truck for a living and he said, you know, his long haul truck weighs around 20,000 pounds. So obviously weight is very important yes. for a 
because it's your it's your job, right? Correct, and uh, it to, cuts to, into your payload. Yes. Yeah, and but for electric vehicles, it's about eighty-two thousand pounds regulation currently. Right. So the regulations are changing slightly to allow a little bit more weight, so you can offset kind of the weight of this truck. That, Is that fair to say? That's correct. Yeah, okay. we have a federal. Um, exemption for battery electric trucks actually, not yet for fuel cell trucks for 82,000 pounds. Okay. Um, and but then there's state um, exemptions that also apply to fuel cell trucks. For example, in California or Arizona, that we can use the same 82,000 pounds. And there are efforts to also increase that yeah. to make up for um, the the extra weight in the tractor. Yeah. But again, it will be it will be coming from two sides, right? One is give extra weight allowance to the fleets but the other side is to just continue the development and get this weight of these zero emission tractors down and this really is our first generation of a fuel cell electric yeah. truck the second generation will be much lighter yeah makes sense all right let's keep moving back oh uh yeah. the backpack very important you, you call the backpack. The, uh, you called it the backpack we call it the backpack okay the backpack has these three hydrogen tanks type four um hydrogen uh, storage vessels yeah we have three here two on the saddle locations on each side. Okay. Each hold 14 kilograms, usable. That's 70 kilograms on the vehicle level. They're connected to um, a common manifold okay. um, that then connects on the one hand side to the filling nozzle. Okay. Um, and then on the other side uh, is uh, providing the hydrogen supply to the fuel cell system. Um, okay. That you, you would see that on the other side. We can walk around if we need yeah. to. Um, I wanna, so like you said, five total tanks. Yes. Talk, talk to me about First of all, the vehicle safety and also the system safety a yeah. little bit more. Because yeah, I think a lot of people have questions absolutely. about that. So safety was front and center in our development of this truck and the testing. So um, let's start with hydrogen safety. Um, these tanks, first of all, on the component level, are designed to be safe. There's a lot of testing that goes into that, including ballistic testing, drop testing, overpressure testing, pressure cycle testing, combined with extreme temperatures, engulfing fire testing. And there's many then systems around that that we develop to make it even more safe on the system level. We develop, um, together with the supplier, a fire protective coating um, to withstand fire, engulfing fire even longer. We have thermally activated um, uh, pressure relief valves to allow venting. As soon as we detect, oh, you know, there's, there's actually engulfing fire of the vessel, then we trigger those and we vent. And some of them vent to the top and hydrogen is lighter than air. So it all goes away and you create a safe environment fairly quickly. Okay. And then we have some vents going down here, but always away from where it can be any danger, for example, to people around it. Um, we also have a crash detection system as part of this truck, and that uses the same technology as an airbag, so it will detect a, a crash in a split second, and then also make the vehicle as safe as possible, meaning we close the valves, um, or if, if it requires it, we vent, and we also activate uh, pyrofuses on the high voltage system to get high voltage out of the truck um, as, as soon as possible. Um, we, we developed the whole structure as well for crash so that we can you know, observe uh, the, the energy from the crash. Um, and there's many more systems in terms of safety. Um, a lot of that is industry practice when it comes to high voltage safety. Mm -hmm. For example, isolation monitoring, um, high voltage interlock systems, um, and, and many, many more on a software level uh, that, that we monitor the system at all times um, and have diagnostics. And, and reactions appropriate to, to ensure the safety of not only the driver, but also everyone around. Yeah, 
and I, I was looking, I was walking through your production facility here, building facility, and I saw people putting a, like a front bumper section on the front of the vehicle because you want to be, you know, mindful of the other vehicles absolutely, around you, right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Let's, oh, what about like jackknife safety or yeah. for potential of a trailer great. coming around? Yeah, great, great to bring that up. I mean, first of all, we are preventing jackknifing as good as possible by the control system we have. Okay. Um, so a brake and the powertrain, um, we, we try and control that this would never happen. If it happens, this was one of our crash um, tests that we developed actually in our standard, where we said, okay, in a jackknifing situation, you can actually have an impact on the backpack here at an angle. And that, that became one of our test cases we looked at and we ensured to design the backpack in a way that you wouldn't impact any of the valves or the critical lines uh, to create a hydrogen leak. Okay, and here we're looking at the air glad hands yes. as well. And you have a primary and secondary air yeah. systems yes. like, a, like a normal semi Correct. truck. Would, Just would like have. a normal truck. Okay, and so you have also, yeah. Yeah, redundancy there as well. Yeah, yeah. Now the batteries are living here in the center component, right? Correct. In this one. Correct. There's hydrogen tanks here on the sides, and then the battery, which is really, in some extent, maybe the most fragile part of this truck, um, that lives in the, in the center line. Okay, and then let's talk about the E-axle. So, yes. uh, what is the power output of this, of this unit? So, um, the power output of the axle itself is 480 kilowatts continuous, or 645 horsepower. Um, and that's what we use it uh, with this rating in our battery electric truck. For the fuel cell electric truck, we downgraded that power a little bit just because it was almost too much power. And it hurts like the Like spinning the tire, right? Correct, and okay. you have you know tire wear. So we wanted to control that more. We also wanted to make sure we have better efficiency, right? So in this truck, we operate the axle at 400 kilowatt, which is 536 horsepower, okay. which is still plenty of power for this application. And then that's only the continuous power. The peak power still goes above 700 horsepower if you ever require that for a passing maneuver or on an on-ramp situation. But, but it's, I mean, I saw some videos. I haven't pulled the trailer up a mountain, but you can maintain speed limit speeds, for example, to Flagstaff. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. So from, we, from Phoenix to Flagstaff. We, we were able to with, with our battery electric truck, but that always comes with a hit and disadvantage on the fuel economy and the range, right? <laughs> um, you can hold speeds actually pre pretty steadily up there. Okay. Um, for, for the fuel cell electric truck, um, we're, we're a bit more limited, but again, that comes also with ensuring the range and the fuel economy. Okay. Um, so, so the truck is a little bit more managing the energy flows. Um, but when you're referring to Flagstaff, I just did that drive myself last week, up to Flagstaff, turn around, back down, stop for lunch and my, my mandatory break, all in one go, all in one fueling. And that was with 82,000 pounds. Um, you know, and I was comfortable uh, to to keep up with the speeds that it was. What is that ground trip? It's like 300 miles or more? No, it's uh, 420, 430 miles. Oh, to your facility here? Yes, to our oh, facility oh, here oh, oh. In, in Coolidge. Oh, I so see. So that was a 40, 430 mile round trip, roughly. Um, and it was, uh, I, I think I started the day with like 90% fuel, 92% fuel. Um, and that was enough to get me back here. So. Gotcha. So this middle axle is powered. This Correct. is a tag axle. That's a, that is a tag axle. Oh, so it's okay. a six by two um, uh, drivetrain architecture, okay. um, which is more common in the US, a six by four. But the, the one advantage we have 
towards maybe other six by twos that you that you're used to is we have an electrically controlled air suspension um, and that is actively controlled to always load the drive axle first so as you have load on your fifth wheel what the system does is it adjusts the air pressure to load the drive axle first and ensure that you have all of the traction you want on the drive axle before it starts loading the tack axle. Okay. And so in most situations, the only exception is very extreme, very low uh, you know, friction um, traction sure. uh, scenarios where you maybe want to have all eight tire patches versus okay. four. But any other normal situation, um, this will perform you know, as good or better than, than a six by four diesel truck out there. I see. All right, and of course, I mean, you could move the fifth wheel location, yeah. you know, all that stuff to Absolutely. readjust and your we have, uh, length. We've shipped trucks with sliding fifth wheels as well, which is pretty common. Again, not as necessary for us because we have the actively controlled suspension, but still something that some of the customers want. And that, when I was driving it, I saw on the screens inside, you estimate the weight yes. of each axle, right? Yes. Is that with height sensors? Um, that's. Or that's with, uh, that's with uh, some of the pressure sensing that's going on. Okay, in, so in how much pressure system. is yeah. in the back, so you can system. kind of estimate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really good because you have an idea about your load before you get to the scale, Absolutely. for example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's probably uh, ra wrapping up uh, more, the most uh, yes. important aspect of this truck. I, I want to finish on this point. Um, serviceability, right? Yes. Because I think it's very important yes. because it's a cost of ownership, right? Absolutely. It's not just a vehicle. Absolutely. By the way, you're not currently publishing the price of this truck. No. I was asking because it depends fleet by fleet, Correct. right? It all goes through our dealer network. So ultimately the dealer um, makes the contract and the price with our fleet customers. And then it always depends on the, you know, the order size and, and many other aspects of it. Okay. It also, also depends on um, uh, the states. There's lots of incentives that are being offered in, in various states, so it, it is always very individual what the pricing will be, as you have it today in the industry, uh, very common. Yeah, but it's fair to say, I mean, this is the first generation of the truck. Whenever you have a first generation of the brand new technology, it's going to be a bit more expensive. Yeah, yeah. But what about maintenance? Can you yeah. hit that point quickly? So most important, and, and it's not going to be a lot compared to the diesel truck. I mentioned the air filters, right, um, for the air inlet system. They, they're here behind these panels. It will take you probably 15 seconds to get those off and then have access to the air filter boxes to be able to change them. You have access, full access here to the fuel cell system. Um, and the only other item uh, for maintenance would be the ion exchangers and the fuel cell cooling loop. Um, and then you have other items in the cab, like cabin air filters, obviously tire wear, yeah. brake wear, and yeah. so on. But, but that's really, you that's know, really most, most yeah. of it. Yeah. I really appreciate it, Christian. I, I much I, appreciate I, it. It was a pleasure meeting you, taking I, the time here. I know I took a lot of your time. Today. No, I'm, I'm very happy to, to spend the time with you. I appreciate it. Well, I cannot wait to actually get it on the highway. Maybe eventually, maybe eventually I'll do it. Yeah, I hope you will. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. And now I'm here with Mike. Thanks, Mike, for your time. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you. And, you know, Hyla, can, can you first introduce the Hyla brand? Because it's about energy, right? You have the vehicles. You got the yep. beautiful Nikola trucks, but then they also, you know, you have a battery electric one using electricity, and now you have a hydrogen fuel cell one, but you need Correct. the fueling infrastructure. That's right. right. So this is why we, this is here. Yes. Yeah, so as a truck manufacturer, if you're gonna come out with a, with a new energy source like hydrogen, 
you're going to have to bring the energy infrastructure with it. And Nikola realized that early in the process that we were going to have to also develop the hydrogen infrastructure in order to support our customers. Otherwise, it's going to be pretty hard to sell somebody a truck, right? Yeah. And so that's part of what we do here at Nikola, and that's what the Hyla brand represents. Okay. Hyla is the energy component within the Nikola organization that sources the hydrogen, will transport the hydrogen to the various locations, and will prepare uh, all fueling solutions for our customers at the end of the day. All right, so, and, and you work with many partners as well, so you're working on you know, hard locations, you know, truck stops and locations for charging and filling up with hydrogen, but we're looking at some mobile units as well. Correct. So can you explain to me, let's step back a little bit and take yep. a look, like what, it, ex, just explain this to me. Yep, so this is part of our interim solution really. And so when you're developing, as, as a truck manufacturer, we're gonna go develop, uh, we're gonna have a lot of trucks being sold into different areas. In the early days, you're probably gonna see a lot of customers that are gonna buy five, six, 10, 12, 50 trucks. But you're probably gonna have situations where they're all gonna be in kind of different groupings, different areas. And so we needed a flexible solution to provide you know, hydrogen solutions yeah. to our customers. It takes time to build truck stops, right? And that, other solutions, That's exactly right? it. If we build a permanent station, it's upwards of two years yeah. to fully develop that station out and get that station operational. Where with these units, these have been a couple of years in development, but now at this point, we've got a lot of these coming off the line with a lot of our partners, and we're able now to go deploy these very quickly. So where we have a situation where we have a new customer, and that new customer wants to take five, 20, 30 trucks, in a specific geographic location, what we're able to do is provide them an interim solution until we build out that permanent station. So it allows our customers to move very quickly. And we can have one of these permitted in a location close to where they need to be. And in most cases, we look to, you know, to synergize between multiple customers and sure. put it in kind of a central location so that we can, we can get more density to the mobile fueler. Mm -hmm. But as we do that, what we want to be able to do is, is get it there very quickly, very rapidly. And so we can usually get one of these in place, get it fully permitted, get it operating in place in about three months. You can't do that with a permanent station. So that's, that's one of the biggest advantages of this. This is our, is our interim solution yeah. in the early days. Makes huge sense. So these big trucks, uh, they have about 70 kilogram capacity. Correct. So uh, I'm still new to hydrogen. Yep. Uh, fuel cells and hydrogen fuels. So 70 kilograms is just kind of the capacity of this truck that provides, you guys are stating about 500 miles of driving yep. you know, with a truck Correct. and load. So how many trucks can you support with this? With this particular unit here, this has about a thousand kilograms of hydrogen on board. It's liquid hydrogen. And so we can basically support anywhere from, you know, 10 to upwards of getting close to 20 trucks in a day with, with this particular unit before you have to refill it again. Okay, Yeah. so that makes sense. And what, what about the time? Let's walk around a little yeah. bit because you have an actual dispenser here. We do, Yeah. we do. Let, let's show that. Because I'm wondering about also the refueling time, right? And how yep. long it takes. Yeah, so the dispenser looks very much like what you're used to seeing looks today. Looks like a diesel pump. Sort of yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like a diesel or a yeah. gasoline pump. It's very much the same. You're going to see the same kind of information, sale price, kilograms, and everything else. Very simplistic system. And so it's the same It's the same sort of thing that you have today. Okay. So, so most customers are pretty comfortable with this type of a situation. Sure. So they can hook it up with the nozzle, and then they can turn the system on, and it'll then operate. 
Usually what we see in, in this style of truck is about, most of our customers today are using about 40 kilograms per day on mm -hmm. average, okay. okay? And a fill like that is about 20 to 25 minutes with this, with this particular with this unit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. To, right. to, to get that 40 kilograms in, about 20 to 25 minutes. Well, that, that, that's reasonable time, you know, that's like a rest break, restroom break, whatever you, yeah. whatever. It's, it's very close to diesel times for, for this, this uh, you know, style of Class A truck today. Okay, and let's, you have something else. Can we walk we over here? Yep. So this is, this was developed internally by us at okay. Nikola. This, okay. is, this is our first Hyla mobile fueler. Okay. And so we, what we did is we developed four of these units. Okay. This one's a little different than this one. You can see that this has quite a bit larger footprint. All right, so let's, this, let's step on this side. And it will also have a gaseous trailer, supply okay. trailer, that'll be parked beside it when it's in operation. Okay. okay. So what it does is it takes the gaseous supply, it will bring it through the chilling system that's up at the front here. Okay. It's this large chiller that's here. Yeah, it'll take it through this chilling system. Okay. And then what it'll do is it'll compress the hydrogen up to over 700 bar so that it can be dispensed into the truck and fill the truck at 700 bar. Okay. So it's another solution, very similar to the liquid solution we just saw. Correct. But just a slightly different process. Yeah. Okay, now uh, I understand the hydrogen is the most common element in the universe. Yes. You, you would agree? I agree. It also- Most abundant element on earth. Most abundant element, but it also combines with everything. It yes. likes to be combined as, you know, it looks like water. It's, it's not on its own naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to extract the hydrogen from those different elements okay. in order to, to, to separate it and then utilize that hydrogen. Okay. So can you yeah. give me an impression how difficult it is? Because it takes energy to create energy, it right? Does. So it does. So just like with anything, if you're drilling, you know, for oil and converting it to fuel, yeah. You're, you're doing a process to get hydrogen also. We do. Can you give me an impression of what is that like, yeah. that, that process? Yeah, it, it is, it is a, um, it's a power intensive process. So if we talk about electrolysis, for example, that's, that's a lot of people will say green hydrogen. Green hydrogen, it uses electrolysis to produce it. And so what, basically what you're doing is you're taking water with a large amount of electricity running it through that electrolyzer, and what you're doing is you're actually cracking that water into its elements of mm -hmm. oxygen and hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And then you're separating those two elements, and then what you're doing is you're gonna store that hydrogen. Yes. Okay? And so then from there, you can take that hydrogen and you can either put it into supply trailers and run a unit like this, mm -hmm. or what you can do is take it then and, and further liquefy it, which adds a whole bunch of compression and a whole bunch of cooling, gets the hydrogen down to over minus 400 Fahrenheit, mm -hmm. so very, very chilled. And then, like that other unit across, that can then be stored as, as liquid hydrogen. And then dispensed. And then dispensed. Yeah. In both cases, we dispense gaseous hydrogen. So in this case, it's gaseous through the whole process. Okay. In the other case, it starts as a liquid, it goes through a heat exchanger, okay. and then it'll come out of gas into the truck. Yeah, and then what the fuel cell on board that the semi-truck does kind of reverses the process, that, uh, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it's kind of like a reverse electrolyzer. Yeah. And so yeah. what it does is it reintroduces the oxygen yeah. to the hydrogen. You put yeah. it, those two back things, those two things back together yeah. and it creates that energy. Yeah. And so then you use that energy, you, you capture that in the batteries and you use that then to- You drive the as, truck as a, as a propulsion and then system. a little bit of water comes out. 
and as and, exhaust. And that's your tailpipe em pipe emission yeah. is, is water droplets. Yep. Well, very cool. I, I think it's a pretty good overview. I mean, we, we were flying at a pretty high level, which is kind of what I wanted, right? But it's it's showing what's possible with mobile solutions, right? And, you know, like you, know, like you said, interim solutions. Interim solutions, uh, yeah. And so we can get, you know, some of this technology rolled out. Yes. Appreciate it. So great to meet you. As always, thanks for joining me on this episode of TFL Talking Trucks. I hope you learned as much as I have in this episode. And there's only one thing left to do. Actually take these trucks on the highway with really heavy trailers and really put them to the test. Thank you very much. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.